0: I think if you asked any mom, we would all have the same answer, that one of the best things that has ever happened to us is to become a mom. Uh, For me, it was something that I struggled with for a long time, was always told I couldn't have kids, went through all the testing. So I just had accepted the fact that I was not going to have that miracle in my life. And and I was going to be okay with that. I know a lot of us can be, um, but when it happens, I know it, it's it's a miracle for all of us. I have had one time with my daughter, Olivia. Um, everything was a little bit sketchy because I was high risk. So we had moments. I was on bed rest. We had times where there were a few fears here and there. But by and large, you know, everything was okay. It all turned out just fine. And I remember one time taking my daughter to just a routine doctor's appointment. I think she had bronchitis and they did an x-ray to make sure that she did not have pneumonia. And the doctor came back in and looked very serious and put the, you know, the folder down and said, "Um, have you ever had an x-ray of your daughter's uh, chest or stomach done before? And I said, no, we had no reason to. And he said, well, I'm sorry to tell you, we're we're seeing a mass in her stomach that I don't like. And we're going to need to have a few more tests done. I've sent this off for another doctor to look at. Actually, two doctors, so we'd have two more opinions. Um, but I'll be back. I just wanted to let you know why we want to stay here and find out what's going on. And I remember the panic. I mean, that I literally... Broke down in tears thinking, okay, I finally have one child (laughs) and now there's something wrong. And I remember I immediately called my sister and I was just hysterical. I broke down. I said, there's something wrong with Liv. And she said, where are you? And I said, I'm at an urgent care. She has bronchitis. And she said, just wait. Just wait. Let them send the x-rays off and let them get another opinion. And I remember that The few moments I waited being the scariest moments of my life and then the doctor coming in and kind of smiling sheepishly and saying it was a shadow. I didn't look at that right. We've got two more opinions on this. We'll do one more just to be sure. But she's fine. There's nothing there. And the relief that I felt and I'll never forget those moments. But there are those of you out there that I know have gone through worse. You've gone through situations where it was something. And, and you found a way to deal with it. Today, I'm actually honored to to speak with a mom who will share with you literally what I believe is a Christmas miracle.
1: Mommy! It's the MomCast. Really, Mom? Mommy! Mom! You are listening.
0: MomCast! and MomCast. Tara Stone is that mom. She lives in Oregon. Uh, She is just now getting ready to experience her Christmas miracle that we're going to tell you about. But it is an incredibly compelling story that you're going to want to hear about her, her husband, and her son Ashton. First of all, thank you for talking with us on MomCast. I appreciate it. And uh, I know we have an exciting update on your story to tell. Uh, But I want to start early on. um, Tell us about you're pregnant. Yes. Um, is this your first child? This is our first child, yes. Okay, and for you and your husband, had there been any problems getting pregnant, or did you go
1: through any of that? There were. We, you know, we got married, and were wanting to start a family, having a big family. Thirteen years went by, and we still weren't pregnant, and we finally, you know, Decided to go to the doctor and see why and found out that my husband was the one that wasn't able to get pregnant the normal way or have a baby the normal way. Mm -hmm. So my dad loaned us $20,000 and we went and did IVF.
0: Wow. Yeah. And you know, for so many couples, that's something they can't even, they're not able to do. No. And so it worked?
1: It did. It worked the first time. Luckily, I didn't have anything. Um, preventing myself from getting pregnant, so that was a plus. Um, so it worked the first time, and uh, we transferred two embryos, and we got pregnant with one baby.
0: Wow! Yeah. So after all of that, I mean, that had to be at, at any time you get pregnant for someone. I I did not get pregnant till I was forty-two, and I went through fertility issues in my first marriage in my 20s and was told it it was me, that I could not have children. So I know the heartache that you go through uh, when you keep trying, and keep trying, and it's not happening. Um, But then I also know, you know, at 42, just we hadn't done anything. I I remarried three years into our marriage. Boom. (laughs) I was pregnant. It wasn't even on my radar because I assumed I couldn't have kids. But Uh I remember that joy. So I'm sure that exciting, yeah. You and your husband were feeling that joy. When did you find out there was some, there was an issue?
1: So at 22 weeks pregnant, I started having um, higher blood pressure Mm -hmm. um, and. My doctor just said, oh, it's because you have a stressful job. Um, So he ended up putting me on bed rest. Mm -hmm. He didn't want me to work at my job anymore. He says, you have too much stress. You've gone through too much to get pregnant. Let's just have you relax at home for a couple weeks and see how that goes. So um, from 22 weeks to 27 weeks pregnant, I... Rested at home, and everything was fine. And at 27 weeks and two days, I had my glucose appointment. So my husband and I woke up, had a small breakfast, and decided to both go to the appointment, and he was going to go back to work the same day, and that didn't go as planned. What happened? So at the appointment, you know, you drink the little drink and they take your blood and um they had me you know use the restroom and do all the tests that you're supposed to do at you know a regular pregnancy appointment and um the doctor came in and said how are you feeling and I said well I'm feeling fine I mean I'm tired that's all (laughs) and um He had me go lay down on the exam table, and then he pulled my husband into the hallway. And um, I didn't find out until later because I have really bad anxiety, and the doctor didn't want to set my anxiety off, so that would make my blood pressure go even higher. But he said, "Um, if you don't get your wife to the hospital right now, you could potentially lose uh, your wife and your son. Oh wow! and um ended up I had uh signs of help syndrome, which is where your platelet count um dropped significantly to the um, danger zone, mm-hmm. and mine was really, really low. <laughs> I had an appointment the day before, and it, or, or two days before, and it was three hundred and fifty thousand. And basically, overnight, my platelet count had dropped to forty-four thousand in the blood test that, it, that they did.
0: Wow! So everything in an instant changed everything for you. Everything in an
1: instant, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so then they they took you uh, into the hospital, and and what happened?
1: So they had a team of like. Seven people waiting in the triage room, and um, they just kept asking me how I was feeling, am I dizzy, and I just kept saying, no, I'm just tired, what's going on, Um, and they started an IV on me, and um, they didn't really tell me anything that was going on, they just started working really fast, and um, they started me on magnesium, and that feels like... um, fire and shards of glass running through your veins. Oh. And I was like, what is this for? And they said it's, so you don't have a stroke or a seizure. And that's uh, what could happen with help syndrome. Um, and then that was also protecting Ashton's brain from, um, any symptoms that would happen during this process. And, uh, when did you,
0: I mean, obviously you were concerned for you, but I, 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 I have to think, when did you start thinking to yourself, what about my baby?
1: So when they said that my blood pressure was 200 over 135, and then they told me that I was diagnosed with Help syndrome and severe preeclampsia. They said, um, we have to get your baby on the monitor. And when they couldn't find a good heartbeat or any movement, that's when I started getting concerned. And I had no idea what Help Syndrome is. Like, nobody tells you this when you're pregnant. No. Um, So they couldn't find Ashton's heartbeat or movement on the monitor, so Mm -hmm. they had to uh, call up this other ultrasound machine, and they said, we don't have time, let's just wheel her to the operating room, Um, and at that point, I was getting scared, and they had my husband getting in the, um, you know, the scrubs, Mm -hmm. scrubs that that dad's wear, and we got in there, and um, they couldn't find Ashton's heartbeat or any type of movement from him. (sighs) So they were worried that we had lost him in the operating room, and they said, well, in order to save your life, Tara, we need to take your son out. That's how Oh, my gosh.
0: I can't even <laughs> imagine being told that.
1: <laughs> no. And so that's how, um, that's how help syndrome works in order to reverse it. You have to take the baby out. You know, and that's so diametrically opposed uh, <laughs> to
0: what a woman... Is I mean, if you mm-hmm. asked, you know, you'd say no. Let let my baby live. Yeah. Um. So that that had to be incredibly difficult. So truly, it was life or death for both of you at that point.
1: Unfortunately, yeah. So here I was thinking that I'm losing my baby, but then I'm concerned about my life, and then my husband is just completely like frazzled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they All had right. him leaving the operating room. Um. They said that I he couldn't be in there because they had to intubate me. Oh, wow. Uh, To deliver him. So they said, uh, I'm sorry, you could lose your wife and potentially your baby. So we need to ask you to leave and we'll come get you when it's all done and over with. Oh. (laughs) They said, call family. So he's like uh, burst into tears and called family and then they put me under and.
0: You didn't know what you would wake up to. Or if you would wake up?
1: No, no. When they, you know, I was hoping that I wouldn't have heard what they said. Like you could potentially lose your wife and your son. Mm-hmm. And then they said, "Okay, start breathing." Oh <laughs> my this, gosh! Yeah. Into this mask, I'm like, "What <clears throat> is going on?" Oh,
0: you know, and I know there are there are probably moms out there now listening that may have gone through something like this, um, but I can't imagine um, the fear that must have been going through. Your heart and mind at that time. So obviously, I mean, obviously, you made it through. Yes. And because I said we had a positive update, which we still are a ways off from. Yeah. Yes. Because your story at this point is pretty incredible. I think it just gets even more incredible from here on. So yes. you are awake now. What do you find out?
1: I find out that I do have a baby. And, um, after 10 minutes of them trying to bring him back because he um, didn't have a good heartbeat and he was breathing very, very shallow and he didn't make any noise when he was born. Um, 10 minutes after that, uh, they called my husband in and uh, I did have a baby. So... And he was alive, and but very, very, very sick because I didn't get any of the steroid shots that most Creamies get when the moms find out they have to deliver early.
0: Right. I was going to say I think our babies were born somewhere close to one another. My my daughter was a little more than six weeks early.
1: Wow.
0: But but I had shots and we knew there was a a chance of that happening because of yeah. a pre existing condition in in my situation. So So you have a baby, but obviously there are things going on. What was the prognosis with your son?
1: So he had what they uh, described as his lungs were very uh, Velcro-like, like like they would collapse on each other, and it was very, very hard to pry them open to get oxygen into
0: him. Wow. So So it was a lung issue?
1: It was, yes. Okay. uh, Because... But from start to finish, when I went to the doctor's office to the time I delivered him, it was three hours. And um, so when you find out they're going to have a preemie, you usually get a shot, and then 24 hours later, you get another steroid shot. And then hopefully if you make it again, another 24 hours, another Mm -hmm. steroid shot, which helps the baby's lungs open and develop quickly.
0: Yeah. And
1: unfortunately, I wasn't able to get that. So then without...
0: Breathing properly, I assume, does that affect his brain at all, or did they know that yet?
1: Yeah, so with preemies, there's always a chance 72 hours after they're born for um, to suffer brain hemorrhages, and unfortunately, Ashton did suffer um, a grade four brain hemorrhage on the right and a grade one brain hemorrhage on the left.
0: My goodness. So you you have gone through this yourself, really a fight for your own life, and now... Yeah. Um, with your baby, what what happened? Because this is where I find it just astounding what you did and what you were told and what you accepted about your son.
1: So just from the, the very beginning, day two, they wanted us to, they strongly suggested that we um, stop care on Ashton due to the brain hemorrhages, and I said, well, you know, every, you know, baby has their own, every child has their own delays in life. If you really think about it, you know, there could be something like, oh, your typical baby could crawl later or whatever. And I was just like, well, that's not going to happen. Like, we can get through anything. If it's a learning disability, we'll get through it type of thing. And then um, fast forward to when he was six months old, they told us to, um Stop care on May sixteenth of two thousand sixteen, due to his lungs not getting any better and them being out of options to um, save his life.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's that this was at six months. Yes. What? What? <laughs> I that would be so difficult to even hear. I mean, as a newborn, I guess you know we've all heard those stories where there's nothing more we can do. Yeah. Um, at 6 months what did you what did you say to that
1: i just said well we've gotten this far like that's just not something that my husband or, and i are wanting to do like the whole 6 months of his uh, life we heard from all the doctors like oh well you know, spend time with your son today. He couldn't, he might not be here tomorrow. And they were very upfront about us because he was the sickest baby they've ever seen um, with this lung issue. Uh, So Mm -hmm. every day we'd, you know, get that scary call like, oh, we had to do chest compressions or your son was only saturating 14% and we had to, you know, bag him. And it was just the whole six months. It was, horrible (laughs) you know when they told us this it's just like i took it as oh well it's just like the last time you told me this that he wasn't going to make it type of thing but and he kept
0: making it he kept fighting through
1: yeah yes
0: so was that part of the reason that you i mean obviously you inside you there was something that just said i'm not giving up i mean was that part of it where you just knew that he just kept fighting
1: yeah, I mean, he, he was born at two pounds, and here he is. Like, he's still breathing. He still has a heartbeat. His heart is healthy. Um, and, you know, we tried for so long, 13 <laughs> years, right. to you know, have this baby that we got and that was born. And in my mind, he was perfect type thing. Um, and I just, I'm not one to give up with anything. <laughs> well, I would say not. I know
0: at at a certain point you found... There was virtually nowhere to take your son for treatment. Is that correct?
1: That's correct. Like, we tried every children's hospital in Oregon and every specialist, and they all went, as they say, on record, saying there's nothing more that we can do for your son medically.
0: And so what did you do, Mom? (laughs) Because this is where I just, to (laughs) me, you know, you hear the word Mom. We all have our ideas of what Mom is. This, what you did to me is like the epitome of that, what a mom would just do for her baby. I mean, what did you do after you found nobody?
1: So I went on Facebook. You know, I went on social media, and I was part of these support groups for trach babies. My son has a trach to breathe mm-hmm. um, due to his lungs. And I said, you know, I explained everything and I said, I need help. I need I need a miracle. I need somebody to give me the answer where can I take my son? Because in my mind I was like, if this hospital is saying there's nothing more that you can do for my son, like there's how many other children's hospitals, how many other states, how many other countries I but I don't care if I end up in Japan, I'm going to, you know, find somebody who can heal this disease, you know, and save my son.
0: And so you found it where I live. Yes. <laughs> Nationwide <laughs> Children's Hospital in Columbus. And yes. is this true? They were the only place you found?
1: Yes. they. My son has bronchopulmonary dysplasia, which is just basically a fancy word for chronic lung disease. And it turns out all these moms on the support group were saying that Columbus, Ohio at Nationwide Children's Hospital is the only hospital in the world that has a bronchopulmonary bronchopulmonary dysplasia unit.
0: Okay, it's one thing to find a place that will treat your son. You live in Oregon. Yes. (laughs) Your family is in Oregon. Yes. Your husband is in Oregon. Yep. How do you make this transition? How do you drop everything and come here?
1: <laughs> I just looked at it as a it's something that we had to do. Like there was no choice. I mm-hmm. would like I was prepared to you know fly into Japan. <laughs> right. Um, I we basically yeah I called on May nineteenth. And um, they had one remaining bed open. Wow! So I said, please save that bed for my son. And um, the medical team in Oregon was saying that he wouldn't survive the flight. He would die mid-flight. It's a 2,500-mile flight. So that's a little under six hours for a very, very sick baby. Um, but, I, you know, I told my husband, I'm like, i got to go to Ohio. Not really sure where Ohio is, but I got to
0: go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get chills because I I mean, I know that he made the flight. Yes. Uh, that you made the flight. How did yeah. your husband deal with that? I mean, what did what was his response to I don't know where Ohio is, but I'm taking <laughs> our very sick baby and we're going to get on this flight and we're going uh see you.
1: <laughs> he was just uh just he was so surprised that a there was somebody in the world that knew how to treat this because we were told nobody, you know, there's no treatment for this. And Mm -hmm. this is what we do with babies that have this disease is we just, you know, stop care because there's no progression in healing. Um, And then he was just like, wait, so you're getting on a medical jet and leaving? (laughs) He's like, where are you going to live? What are you going to (laughs) do? And you didn't know. (laughs) I had no idea. I just knew that I had to get him there because there was a team of doctors that knew this disease. Like, they were so um, medically trained in how to fix this. I just knew that I needed to get him there and now. I have to tell you that
0: part of me says that sounds crazy. And then the (laughs) other part of me says that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Because, again... As a mom, I you're fighting and doing everything you possibly can mm-hmm. to give your son a chance. So yeah. at this point, Ashton has never been home. Is that correct? No, that's so correct. So you fly to Nationwide Children's Hospital in Ohio from Oregon. Yeah. How long were you here?
1: So we were in Ohio for 18 months or a week shy of 18 months.
0: For 18 months? Mm-hmm. You lived where?
1: I lived at the Ronald McDonald House across mm-hmm. from Nationwide.
0: And, and most of the time you were in the room with, with your son.
1: 22 hours a day I spent bedside with my son. I had a hospital bed in there. I only left to go eat one meal a day and to go shower.
0: <laughs> and I have to say, I had the, the rare privilege to get to visit you guys Uh, briefly in September, just about a month or so before uh, we give the update here. But to be, so at at this point, when you guys, 18 months at Nationwide Children's Hospital, how old was Ashton at that point?
1: Oh, right before we got to leave, he was uh, 10 days shy of his second birthday. So
0: just shy of his second birthday, and he'd never lived outside of a hospital. Never. I, I just, that just blows me away. And I, I, being in that room, I mean, you had pictures. I mean, it was just a wonderful room for a baby. And yet it was small and it was a hospital room. And I, you know, we asked you how you dealt with the stress and being away from your family for that long.
1: Yeah. We tried to normalize it as much as possible. Like I had. Every single milestone picture on the wall, we had it. Like, it just looked like a studio apartment, basically. It didn't look like your typical hospital room, because that was our home, ultimately.
0: Well, let's, let's talk about your son, because I know there were milestones. What happened in those 18 months? Did he, in fact, progress?
1: He did. Um, when we first got there, he was very, very, very sick. Um, like we went over earlier, um, to the point of him having to be paralyzed and sedated for four months due to his lung disease. Um, They said that he was the sickest baby even at Nationwide in that unit. Um, He ended up passing 42 kidney stones in the the summer of 2016 uh, due to... just being on um, diuretics for so long at the mm-hmm. first hospital, he developed kidney stones. Um, his uh, just it was very hard to get him to get his lungs to start working the way that they should. But mm-hmm. um, Nationwide does these uh, specific settings for this lung disease that most children's hospitals are afraid of. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're the only one ultimately in the world that does these settings. But um, he did slowly start to get better. And um, December of 16, he got really, really sick with a GI infection. Um, But then once he got over that, like February, March, he started really um, developing and healing and um, turning that corner that they say that he's going to turn when you first get to Nationwide.
0: I can't even imagine the difference from there's nothing we can do for your baby to you're gonna start seeing him get better if you're just patient. Yeah. I I can't imagine. So obviously, I mean we're kind of glossing. I I don't mean to gloss over eighteen months, but he made amazing strides. Um just in the pictures that I have seen. And I know people can follow your story on Facebook and we'll we'll share that in a moment, a page that you have, but Um, When when I visited, he was sitting in like a little like a chair to help him sit up. Yeah, Um, he you got to take him out of the room and walk through the hallways. You came down and visited. Um, I am very fortunate to be a part of a a fundraiser event with that particular hospital Um, have been for over 20 years. Uh, And we just were floored (laughs) when you guys walked up. I mean, just knowing your story and having you share that story. um, And and this is why I I wanted to talk to you. Um, I think we go through so much as moms and as families. So many of us go through the struggles of trying to have a baby. Uh, Some of us have lost children. um, Mm -hmm. And Christmas can be a difficult time. But your story is so hopeful because you and Ashton are celebrating his very first Christmas at home. Not his first Christmas, but his first Christmas at home.
1: Yes, this is his third Christmas, but his first Christmas at home in Oregon.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yes. And I just, what is that like? I mean, I know the reality is he still has things that you're working on. I mean, we do know that, but what was it like to be home?
1: It's it's hard to believe that we're here. Like, <laughs> um, oh my gosh, it's so emotional. That's okay. <laughs> so, um, we've been we were told for you know two years that this would not two years, but majority of the two years that this would never happen. Like, mm-hmm. they just kept saying, "There's always going to be another baby." Like, this one is not going to go home with you, and we kept hearing that from the first two hospitals and. I'm just like there might be other babies down the road, but there won't be another Ashton, you know. So mm-hmm. the fact that I get to wake up every morning with this baby in our home is just—it's a dream come true. It's what we've wanted for so long, and, and I just—it's just amazing that he's here and we're living outside hospital walls. And <laughs> <laughs> I—that to me, I, your
0: story, honestly, Tara. Your story is. I, I have been doing my job for a long time, and I have not heard a story like yours. <laughs> I it, it just to me it needed more people to hear it because yeah, one of a kind. <laughs> I think that so many times we hear things, whether and especially about our children, but um, sometimes we we don't have hope, and you just kept looking. I you just didn't accept that no for an answer. And yeah. I know it doesn't always work out that you can't sure. find it, but you looked until you found it. Um, and regardless of anything from now on, I feel like, you know, in your heart, you have done absolutely yes. everything within your power and then some yes. to give your son life.
1: Yes. We were discharged on his second birthday. He got to come home on his second birthday, so that oh my was gosh. an amazing birthday present for him. I told the doctors, "I'm like, I didn't get him a gift, so we gotta get him out of here."
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, yeah. it's just an incredible story. Um, how will you celebrate Christmas? What will that be like? Because I think I, I obviously, you know, we always say Christmas is about more than gifts. I mean, and gifts can be, you know, things that you don't find in a package, obviously, like your situation. To me, that yeah. is a an incredible gift. How are you going to celebrate the holidays?
1: Oh, my goodness. So uh, we're just, uh, we're getting a tree this weekend, and we're just gonna, you know, take lots of pictures. I've I've taken so many pictures, like literally thousands (laughs) of pictures. Um, We're just going to celebrate just him and being home and in our home with, you know, my husband and I. Um, He still is, you know, has a very weak immune system and Mm -hmm. still needs to be in isolation. So we're not going out in public or having anybody over. So it's just going to be my husband and Ashton and I, and we're just going to Celebrate, you know, him and his life and the blessing that his home and each other and our first Christmas at home together.
0: <laughs> I have to tell you, uh, given what you've all been through, I can't think of a better thing. It, yeah. It's almost like the isolation is also a gift in oh a sense. Oh, my I know, yeah. <laughs> because it should just be, I think, the three of you. And as Ashton yes. gets stronger, you know, that will come, I'm sure. Oh, um, yes. But I'm sure just being at home um, for you, because, I mean, let's face it, you went through an incredible challenge as well. Yes. Um, For you to be home, I'm sure that does your heart good, too. It does, yes. What would you say um, to, to moms, to dads that, you know, about hope? and, you know, not accepting, what would your message be? What do you want parents to know when they face adversity with their kids, whatever it might be?
1: Just, you know, if it's something medical and you're listening to these doctors tell you the worst-case scenario and giving them or giving you their uh, medical professional opinion, like, just don't take the... uh, what one doctor is saying. And, you know, let that be the faith of your child. If you're dealing with a medical issue or anything, you know, if, you know, I compared it to, um, if you don't like your haircut and you, you don't like, don't go back to that hairdresser. Like there's other hairdressers. If you don't like a quote on fixing your car, like don't go back to that mechanic. Like there's always going to be somebody better. Or there's always going to be better medicine. And that's just what I kept saying in my mind, like, there's always, there's somebody that has to know this in the world, like, the world is huge. Um, And as long as you have that 2% chance of hope that you're holding on to, like, as long as you have a tiny piece of hope, like, just take that and run with it.
0: (laughs) Wow. Well, I'm going to put a link. Is it all right if we link our MomCast page, put a link up to your page for Ashton definitely yes and people can just see pictures and you will be amazed uh, because you have a picture of the of Ashton there when he was born yes um (laughs) so tiny and, and Two then pounds 13 inches. Yeah, and then to see him now and to see the smile on his face. <laughs> and not all the pictures. He's not smiling on all the pictures. I mean, you know, it's no. a pretty realistic <laughs> view of what's going on. But yeah. it's it's nothing to me in my mind, it's nothing short of a miracle to see this. And so I, I encourage everybody to see it. And I think um, I I wanna thank you because I think this holiday season for whatever reason, no matter what anyone's going through, we could all use hope. And I think your story is just an amazing story of hope and and triumph. And and I appreciate you taking the time to share it with us. And I am just so thrilled for you. With just the three of you, I feel like it's going to be the best Christmas ever.
1: It is, yes. (laughs)
0: See, I told you, just an incredible story of hope. I I really believe it's a Christmas miracle. And as I said, we have a link to Ashton's page. He and his mom, she has put together a page that follows Ashton's entire journey. And you can see all the pictures. Find us on Facebook. And when you go to the Facebook page for MomCast, you'll see the links there. I'm also going to add in a link if you want to help out. And, of course, a link to our Nationwide Children's Hospital here in Columbus. Um, If you're looking still for a last-minute holiday charity, that is an incredible one to give to. to. And maybe uh, you could help create a holiday miracle for another family. I wish you a very, very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from MomCast.